Hello and welcome to Centuries and Saints. This is your host for the podcast, Scott Matson. Thanks for tuning in today. I am excited for this episode and so we're just going to jump right in. And today we'll be looking at the omniscience of God, continuing this little mini three-part series of the omnis of God's attributes within this larger series in season two of the attributes of God. So I pray that this episode is a blessing to you. Over these last three months or so, uh, we have been going through a series on the attributes of God, uh, just looking biblically at all that God is and how he's revealed himself to us so that we can get to know him better and understand him uh, better. <clears throat> so I've really been enjoying this uh, just personally with my own study, and I've also just been enjoying taking all this information and just getting to share it with you guys, and and uh, hopefully we're all growing Uh, as the scriptures say, in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the goal. So pray that that's happening. Okay, well, last week uh, we began our little three-week mini-series within the attributes of God on the omnis of God, uh, his omniscience, his omnipresence, and his omnipotence. Okay, so we looked last week um, at God's omnipresence, and that simply means that he is everywhere present. Uh, The word omnia is Latin, and it means all, and that's where we get the omni, okay? Uh, So, since most of the major theologians throughout church history uh, have used Latin as the official language of the church and of theology, uh, Latin is the language where we get a lot of these things that we talk about in theology. So, that's why, if you're ever wondering why there's so much Latin, uh, that's the reason, all right? Uh, Well, Uh, Anyway, speaking of that, we are going to continue on this morning, taking a look at that second omni of God. Like I said last week, we looked at his omnipresence, which means he is all present or everywhere present. And this week, uh, we are taking a look at the omniscience of God, meaning that God is all knowing. Okay, it means he knows everything. And we're going to get into this in depth, and I'm excited this morning uh, about that. So I want to take our primary text from Psalm 139, 1 through 6. Okay, last week I pointed out how uh, the first 16 verses of Psalms 139, uh, verses 1 through 6, talk about God's omniscience. Verses 7 through, I believe, 12 that we did last week talk about God's omnipresence. And then verses 13 through 16 talk about his uh, omnipotence, that he is all-powerful. And Lord willing, that's what we'll be looking at next week. Um, So today, since we're looking at omniscience, God is all-knowing, we are going to take our primary text from Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6. And I'm going to go ahead and just read those through, straight through. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Hmm. Amen. Isn't that just amazing? Uh, It's so incredible to me to think about the fact that God truly knows everything. And even more than that, the word omniscience, it's even more all-encompassing. It means that God is all-knowing, okay? Now, that includes he knows everything, but I think it's even deeper than that. 
think with me logically here, okay? The triune God, the God of Scripture, Father, Son, and Spirit, He is eternal. That means He never changes, which means that if God has ever known something, that means He's always known it, because He's eternal. He exists outside the bounds of time and space. All right, well, we know from the Scripture uh, that God knows everything. So that means that if God knows everything, He's always known everything, which means it's cool because there's never been a moment, there's never been a time uh, in eternity past, you know, in time, how we as human beings think about it, uh, that God hasn't known everything. Okay, that means that God doesn't learn things. Uh, It means that God doesn't uh, react in the ways that we think of. Now, there are scriptures, of course, you know, that speak about you know, especially in the Old Testament, God learning things, you know, God says, you know, Adam, where are you? He says to Abraham, you know, now I know that you love me, you know, and we think of those things, but those are what, you know, we call anthropomorphisms, the anthropomorphism, which is where God reveals something about himself to us that's completely incomprehensible. And so he frames it in such a way that we understand it in human terms. Another one being, that God hides us under his feathers. Well, we know that God doesn't have feathers. Um, you know, he's not a bird. Uh, but it's a way of, of God relating to us in a way that we can understand. And the same is true with those passages in Scripture that talk about God learning things. Uh, you know, all throughout the Old Testament, we see that. And uh, it's not like God didn't know. You know, and so um, anyways, it's just such a rad thing, guys, because it means that if God's always known anything or if, if he's ever known anything, he's always known it. And since he knows everything, that means he's always eternally known everything. Okay, so uh, let's get into this a little bit more in depth here. And I want to take uh, most of what I'm going to say here uh, from a lecture on God's omniscience from Dr. Stephen Lawson. I, as I was doing some research, um, I, you know, again, uh, last week I took a lot of my information from that lecture because um, it's just a, a fantastic lecture. And so I want to continue on with that trend uh, this morning, today, um, using that sort of as an outline and as a guide uh, to the things that we're talking about this morning. So what I want to do is I want to just make eight quick points here uh, regarding God and his knowledge and his omniscience. Okay, so first of all, God has self-knowledge. Okay, which means that God knows himself perfectly and intimately. All right, the, the Father knows the Son. The Son knows the Father. The Father and the Son know the Holy Spirit. Okay, within the Trinity and the Godhead there, there's no division, uh, you know, between the persons of the Trinity. God knows himself perfectly. You know, Jesus said, no man can know the Father unless the Son reveals him. And no man knows the Son unless the Father reveals that to him. Okay, so we see that in scripture, you know, that God within himself, the triune Godhead knows himself perfectly and intimately. Now, the next point is that God knows everything both inside and outside of himself perfectly. Okay, which means that God never misreads a situation. He can be perfectly counted on. He knows everything as it truly is. And he knows everybody exactly as they are. Okay, which means God has complete knowledge, perfect knowledge of everything and everybody um, in every situation, which is such good news for us as Christians, by the way, uh, because again, uh, from all eternity, God knew us and he saw all of our sin and everything 
that we would do to fail him, and yet he still chose to save us. So that's very, <laughs> that's very comforting. Uh, I remind myself of that quite often, actually. Uh, you know, that God knew me, and yet he still chose me. Or as I've, I've said this before, as my good friend uh, Luke Frechette, who's a pastor over in Newport, says, God saw you coming, but he chose you anyways. And I think that is so amazing, uh, knowing that God, he knew me from all eternity, and you as well, if you're in Christ, and yet he still chose us. So praise him for that. Okay, well, third, God's knowledge is eternal. Now, I mentioned this before already in the introduction. Uh, which means, this is a great quote here, God has never learned anything within time that he did not already know from eternity past, which means there are no gaps in the understanding of God, in his knowledge. Okay, so Isaiah 46, 9 through 11, God says this through Isaiah the prophet, remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my purpose from a far country, truly I have spoken it, truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it, surely I will do it. Amazing, amazing set of verses there. Isaiah 46, 9 through 11. Okay, and God there saying a couple things here. Now he's saying, look, he says in Isaiah 46, in in verse 9 there, that first verse, he says, I am God and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done. Okay, which is a beautiful, beautiful truth there because God tells us in his word, in scripture, in Isaiah, in another spot, the way that he proves that he is the true and living God, as opposed to all the false gods of the nations, is that he knows the future. He knows the end from the beginning. Okay, and that is God's omniscience. And it's cool because in verse 9, in that second time where he says, God, you know, I am God and there is no one like me, he uses the Hebrew word Elohim, uh, which speaks of the triunity of God. So what God's doing here is that he's affirming that God in his fullness, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, equally share this attribute of omniscience. You know, God is just saying, look, in my fullness, in my trinity, I am omniscient. I know everything, which is good news for you and me, because that means that God in his fullness knows each one of us inside and out. You know, he, he knows everything about us and he promises that he will accomplish all of his purpose and his good pleasure, both in our lives personally Uh, as we talked about last hour in our theology teaching, but also his purposes for the world. It's an amazing thing um, that God has purposed to do these things, you know, for his glory and on behalf of us who are his children uh, by faith in him. It's just amazing how much he loves us. Uh, Wow. Cool. Well, let's move on. Uh, Next, God's knowledge is immediate. Okay. And this is great because this means that God knows everything at once. He knows everything simultaneously. Now, this is tough for us uh, to grasp with our finite minds uh, because as human beings, we exist within the bounds of time and space and we live and breathe and we die and we learn in a linear fashion, which means from point A to point B. So we're born, we don't really know anything. Okay. And then as we grow, we learn how to crawl and then walk, and we learn how to start speaking, and we go to school and we get educated, and throughout our lives, we, we acquire knowledge. You know, we study, we read, we take tests, we get more knowledge. We listen to podcasts, we read a book, 
we gain more knowledge. We gain knowledge and experience as we go along through life. That's just linear. That's how it is. However, such is not the case with God. God has never acquired knowledge. Okay, God has always known everything simultaneously. Now, this is what I was getting to when I said earlier in the program that, you know, God never learns anything. You know, he's, he has all knowledge from all eternity. Um, again, those places in scripture that talk about God learning things, you know, like in his interactions with Abraham and uh, with Moses and others, you know, uh, again, those are anthropomorphisms. You know, it's God using language that we'll understand in order to grasp what's happening. Um, okay, so Isaiah 40, 13 through 14 says this, who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counselor has informed him? With whom did he consult and who gave him understanding and who taught him in the path of justice and taught him knowledge and informed him of the way of understanding? Well, the rhetorical, that's a rhetorical question. And of course, the answer is, well, nobody, nobody has been the Lord's counselor. Nobody has informed the Lord of knowledge that he did not know. You know, God doesn't consult with us and ask us to fill, you know, to give him knowledge and fill him in. He knows, you know, we don't give him understanding. Uh, who has taught God the path of justice and taught him knowledge and informed him of the way of understanding? Well, the answer is nobody. He already knows. You know, when we, when we come to him, you know, we come to him as, as his children. Um, you know, we come to God and we, we share our heart and we, you know, we tell him the things that are burdening us, not because he doesn't already know, but because he wants us as his kids to come and spend time with him and to develop that intimate bond and relationship with him, you know, and, and that's so true. And that's such a good point. You know, God already knows. There's nothing we tell him that he doesn't know already in his fullness. Uh, you know, as we talked about in the last point, you know, God in all of his fullness, you know, father, son, and spirit, he knows it all already, but we come to him to share with him our hearts and that develops that intimacy uh, and that love that we have, you know, for him and with him, because that's his desire uh, is to grow us in those things as his children. All right. Well, hey, let's move on. Uh, Next, God's knowledge is exhaustive. Okay. And this means that God sees and knows every single thing in all of creation and every facet of everything in creation to its utmost extent. We said earlier, God has perfect knowledge. Now, we also are saying now God has exhaustive knowledge, which means he knows everything about everything perfectly and completely and fully. There's nothing more that God could know. You know, he already knows it all. A.W. Tozer said this, God knows all that can be known. God knows all causes, all thoughts, all mysteries, all enigmas, all feeling, all desires, every unuttered secret. Because God knows all things perfectly, he knows no thing better than any other thing but all things equally well. Okay, that was an A.W. Tozer quote. They were talking about the omniscience of God. Uh, God is never surprised. You know, I love that. God, God's not surprised by me or you. If you're listening right now and you're beating yourself up over this or that or whatever, God's not surprised. He knows. He's always known. And yet he still chose to die for you and rise again and forgive you. Okay, so you're not surprising the Lord, which is very, very good news. Check this out. Proverbs 15, 3 says this, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. You know, God sees and knows everything. We talked last week about how he's omnipresent, and that relates directly with his omniscience. You know, he's everywhere present. Uh, He's always been, and 
he's always known everything. So he sees everything and he knows everything always from all eternity. Uh, next, his knowledge is penetrating. And this means that God sees through everything. He sees the depths of the human heart. He sees things that no man can ever see. Uh, he even sees the things within us that we don't see, that we're not aware of. You know, I, I love in the Psalms when David says, Lord, cleanse me from secret faults. And I certainly think that applies to, you know, secrets that nobody else knows. But I also think that that applies even to the person who says it. Lord, even things that I don't know about myself, you know, that are wrong or sinful, you know, cleanse me from that stuff too. You know, I, I really believe that, you know, God, you know, he knows everything. There are no secrets that can be kept from him. Book, the book of Hebrews says, all things are naked and open before him with whom we must give an account. You know, there's nothing hidden from the Lord, which is also for us as his children, good news, because it means that when we go before the Lord and confess sin to him, which we all have to do, just be honest. You know, I, I know for myself, there are times when I, I don't want to admit something or you know, I'm ashamed to tell the Lord about it. And so I'll try and gloss over it. And it's just silly because it's like, he already knows. Just tell him the truth. <laughs> he already knows the truth anyways. So just tell him, you know, be honest with the Lord. I guess that's what I'm saying. Because uh, his knowledge is penetrating. He sees through uh, everything. And then finally, God has all future knowledge, uh, which again, as we saw in Isaiah, uh, God knows everything about the future before it happens. Nothing surprises him. Absolutely nothing. Okay. Uh, He's already there. He's eternal. You know, he exists, again, God exists, you know, the triune God, he, he transcends time and space. He exists outside of those things. We think of things, again, past, present, future, linear. That's how God created us. We exist in time. But God exists, exists outside of time, which means to God, it's just, you know, oh, there the whole thing is. Past, present, future to us is just there for him already. You know, he already knows. And it's great. And in fact, as I said earlier, in the book of Isaiah, God says, you know, that I am the true God and, and that he proves that he's the true God, uh, again, over and against the false gods of the pagan nations, by the fact that he accurately prophesies the future. Because none of the false gods of the pagans ever have done that. Uh, but God accurately prophesies the future, you know, in in detail. And I, there are over 300 prophecies, messianic prophecies related to Jesus' first coming that were foretold in the Old Testament. And many of them are in very explicit, specific detail, not just vague generalities, but very, very specific detail. And every single one of those things were fulfilled. And, and scientists and statisticians will tell you that the odds of one person fulfilling that much prophecy are so utterly astronomical that it's nearly impossible. I mean, it just doesn't happen. And yet God said, yeah, it does because I'm God and I'm ordaining these things. And this is what's going to happen because I've decided that I'm going to do this, you know? And so again, God just proves his godness. If I can use that, that's a kind of a dumb word, but Hey, you know, you know what I'm saying? God proves that he is the true God, the triune God of scripture uh, by the fact that he, knows the future and ordains and establishes it. Uh, this is how great our God is. You know, the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit is for you. He's omniscient. He knows everything. And if you're in him, if you're in Christ, he is completely on your side and for you. Uh, as the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans eight thirty one, and a God that powerful, the only God, the true God, he's that powerful and he's for us uh, in spite of knowing everything about us. 
And it's just an amazing truth. So I'm really thankful I got to just study this and share this with you guys this week. The Lord put this on my heart, um, you know, last week to talk about. Uh, And so I'm just praying that this has been a blessing to you guys as it has been to me. God bless you. Well, thanks for tuning in to Centuries and Saints. Once again, this is Scott Matson, your host for the podcast. And I really hope that this episode, looking at the omniscience or the all-knowingness of God, has been an encouragement to your faith in your walk with the Lord. Now, as always, I would ask that you would please subscribe to the podcast, go to the podcast store, rate us, write us a review, share with your family and friends, help us get the word out, just so that we can encourage people in their faith. So again, thanks for listening to Centuries and Saints, and I look forward to being with you next time. God bless you.